this before Lucio blows away in a hurricane, uh, which we dearly hope will not happen. So let me start by saying this is the Enemy Slam podcast, episode number 143. I am joined today by the perilous Lucio Lorenzino. I'm already collecting the water cup so I can be a millionaire in this new post-apocalyptic world. I have the relatively safe Douglas Wilson. Hey, your mom says hi. <laughs> I have the uh, the other one, Michael Mahoney. Hey, Jared, your intro sucks. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, did I say my name? Well, my name's Jared, and all together we make up the Enemy Slam Podcast. Now let's get started. Uh. It's we got a we got a rootin' tootin' good show for you today. We're gonna talk about a little Mafia Three. Why don't we start with that? Uh, it I was I like that last part. It was announced today, or not today? I think it was it was like Friday, but I just saw it posted again today. Uh, Polygon made a post mentioning that they were not going to be receiving copies of Mafia Three, and uh, they also very specifically mentioned that Two K offered to give them a copy of the game when it came out, like once it was globally available, but they declined that offer and are going to seek a retail copy like a normal person. And um, why? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why they felt it necessary to like, let me know that. Uh, <laughs> do they think that like, that means that now I think it's going to be a real review instead of one where the game was free. But the game would have been free if they got a pre-release copy. Yeah, so I don't really understand their logic or point or really anything. I get, maybe they think they like stuck it to two K. I mean, like, yeah, well, just keep your. We're gonna free give game. you money. Boom. <laughs> ha, we don't even need your free game. They got these things called GameStops here in New York, and we'll just go there and get one. And What's then we'll get a slice of pizza. And get a slice of pizza. So I don't fucking know. Uh, but anyway, that puts us on level playing field. Uh, so Michael should have a Mafia 3 review banged out well before Polygon, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't have a real job that I have to do in the meantime. Yeah, see? Exactly. It's going to be Not so an important simple. one, anyway. Well, I mean, they were nice enough to make it release on a weekend, so you should be able, yeah, to, that's true. You should be able to carve in a little bit of a dent with it. Uh, so but, um, does this mean they made Mafia 3 bad? That's a good question. Um, that's debatable. Uh, the last time, the last like kind of notable game that made this choice was, I think, Doom uh, from earlier this year. And for all intents and purposes, that turned out great. Doom was fine. They just kind of got yeah. scared away, I think, by a badly received multiplayer beta. And, uh, you know, it turned out that the single player component of the game was really good. It is. Didn't, didn't that game not have review copies? What what game? You know what game? Oh, No Man's Sky. Yes. Yeah, No Man's Sky did not have review copies, so that's yeah. So and, and that turned out great. That's so perhaps, everybody loved it. Okay, so we have one example from each side uh, for for the year. Uh, prior to that, maybe another example of a time that it worked out well was maybe say Shadow of Mordor. Um, I know there was something else uh, that came out that that didn't have review copies, but actually turned out to be pretty good. But I don't I don't recall what it was. Um, it's kind of weird because 2K has lots of footage out there of Mafia 3. Like, you can go on YouTube and you can watch hours of this game being played. So mm -hmm. I'm not really super clear on what the concern is or why they're uh, withholding copies. It also, the only outlet that I've seen report about this is Polygon. So 
it it is possible that only Polygon wasn't given copies of the game. <laughs> I choose to believe that one. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there is a realm where that could be the what happened. I, it seems unlikely, but it it is it is within the realm of possibility. I think. Why? It's okay. a game that stars a black character. The last people you want to play it is Polygon. No, it's the first people you want to play it because it's going to be ten out of ten. No, no, it's because, not because they're it's going to find a way to character. bitch about how how they don't get the black experience right or some bullshit. Oh, like how you restore your health by eating cornbread. Right, some bullshit yeah. like that. Someone yeah. always finds something to whine about. And hey, cornbread's delicious. It's a universal treat. We all love it. It, yeah, it gives me have, plenty of health back. Liam Polly will have that uh, that article bitching about uh, Asian representation in games, listing games made by the Japanese. Mm. No, I think that was, I want to say that was like Forbes or somebody else. Everybody? I, I, and everybody published that article at one point or another? I, I don't know. I'd need to go track it down, but it, it, it's possible. The The point is is that it is, it is within the realm of possibility. I'll tell you who probably got copies of the game instead of Polygon. You want to know who? You guys want to hear? Total Biscuit. No. Tumblr. Probably not even Total Biscuit. Probably not Tumblr. You want to know who? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's probably Little Billy. And his Twitch channel that has eight followers, because that's how you get a pre-release copy of a game. Okay. It's just yeah, have a fucking that does Twitch seem channel. to be the case. So I'll bet you, I'll bet you, the day before it comes out, there's people streaming that game on Twitch. That is true. Uh, that, that is my guess. So uh, we'll circle back to that last week, and if that does, if I am wrong about that, then I will, uh, I will eat a nice dinner. The, you will be wrong. The following Wednesday. <laughs> so if you win, then I'll what would you do? I'll still have the nice dinner, but I'll be allowed to use condiments. Those <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. As Very I, good, Jared. As I see fit. Way to take a stand. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's quite a bargain. Hello, <laughs> hello ketchup. Uh, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that does. Uh, what else is new today? Uh, Infinite Warfare, the upcoming Call of Duty game, is... I, I originally thought it was going to be bundled like as a pre-order bonus, that it would come with a copy of Modern Warfare Remastered. And uh, I believe Activision has announced that they're not going to be uh, allowing people to get Modern Warfare Remastered, at least not initially, without buying Infinite Warfare. But like I said, I just assumed it was a pre-order bonus. It turns out it's actually like a second version of the game, and it's like 30 bucks more or 20 bucks more. Right, so you need to buy like a special edition of uh, Infinite Warfare to get Modern Warfare, but it's also a digital download. The weird thing is that in order to play this digital download, you need to like buy, use the disc for Infinite Warfare. I mean, presumably, it sounds like what I assume then is that it's probably I, you guys didn't play Rare Replay, but when you put Rare Replay in, into the uh, console, into the Xbox, it just adds all the digital games automatically to your account. It's not like a code that you redeem or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's probably something like that, where rather than have a code for it, they probably just have it something that you can download, uh, but but have to run with the game. Um, so I mean, I don't know that it's that out of the ordinary uh if it's a if it's a code then that's weird that you need the game in the in the yeah console. It, it's a digital download they haven't specified if it's a code 
what it is basically the question everybody is asking is just how bad is infinite warfare? I don't know, man. Uh, I've I'm so removed from it at this point. Uh, on the one hand, it's Infinity Ward, which is uh, not a good sign nowadays. Um, yep. So yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they obviously learned their lesson to some degree because they knew to just not even try to do a sequel to Ghosts. They just completely forgot it and dropped it. So if they learned that lesson, did they also learn the lesson on how to make a compelling Call of Duty game? I don't know. We'll we'll find out next month. But Are uh, we? Are we going to find out, Jared, or are we just going to skip this one? Uh, I kind of want that Modern Warfare remake. All right. So there you go. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Guess it worked. They did it. <laughs> they got me. Yep. Well done. They baited me into it. It, it definitely just... I, I mean, they. I, it's, a, it's a smart move from a business perspective, you have to admit, to, to know that consumers' confidence is shaken in this particular studio. And so as a result, you bundle in the most successful game in your franchise uh, with their next release. I mean, that's that's good. That's good business. Like, that's smart. I guess it is, yeah. It'd be but there's something to be said about managing expectations. Because wasn't the original expectation just buy this game and get a free copy of Modern Warfare? No, I don't think that that was just what I had assumed. I don't think that they ever. No, they, said they just said it was going it to be bundled. Yeah, I think I think we just knew that you would purchase them together. I don't think it was ever implied it would be free, and they did a bait and switch or anything like that. Um, bundled. Mm, eh. I mean, I guess you know, I really don't care. So never mind. Yeah, you're free to take up the case. Uh, you know, by all means. Detective Michael. But I I just assumed the case. I just assumed it would be that way because. I didn't think that you could justify charging twenty dollars for a remake of that game, but if you if you look on uh, like Steam, even the oldest Call of Duties are still moderately priced. Like they're they don't really reduce in price. I would say they're actually they probably hold their value worse than or, or not worse. They probably hold their value better than Nintendo games, and Nintendo never puts their shit on sale. I'll bet Wind Waker HD is at least forty dollars right now if you can buy it at all. That's um. And if I'm wrong about that, I'm going to have myself a really good lunch tomorrow. Let's see. Wind Waker. I will tell you right now. Wind Waker HD is kind of like a collector's item now. I was so say, it's probably very expensive. No. Um, Target has it right now for $20. There you go. So, no, so. Well, I was, you don't get a lunch. I was wrong. No, I think, Do you get a lunch or a better lunch? I, don't, I think I'm just not allowed to use condiments. You have oh. to eat Burger King tomorrow. Oh, uh, come that's, on. That's the one that needs condiments the most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not if you get the Whopperito. I do wonder sometimes how Burger King is in business. Like, I never I never see anyone at Burger King. Oh, so I have stories for you. Okay, tell me. <laughs> I'm excited so for not... any story that is spawned by that. Go. Excellent. When I was getting my, my MBA, like, during the last, like, four months or so, I was kind of like going through all these like interviews with different companies. So, you know, the work company I worked for was one of them. Um, then another one was Chase, mm-hmm. uh, Chip and Chase, um, a, a few more, but one of them, HSBC was another one. Um, and one of them was you, you Burger King because bound and determined to do something evil, weren't you? <laughs> and Burger King was one, um, was one of the companies because the headquarters are here in, in Miami. Okay. And 
when I went into, first of all, when I went into do the interview was just being bought by a Brazilian uh, hedge fund called 3G Capital, which if you're talking about being evil, they're pretty evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I went into, into like this interview and they had like basically a room with like a bunch of like random idiots and the um, the training program was going to be basically you do rotations in different parts of the business, including working at the restaurant, um, paying something like f- only like fifty grand a year, some some like really low ball like offer for a, you know, for an MBA student, mm-hmm. uh, with a promise that afterwards you would go you would go into uh, you know basically management. So whatever, I I ended like up going a restaurant. To, no, like management in the corporate. You'd manage two restaurants. <laughs> no, he'd, he'd manage a call team that handled customer right. complaints or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you go into management of some part of the business, whatever it is. Like, um, go to so basically, university. Apparently, what uh, somebody that I kept in touch with from those meetings told me, uh, it ended up being sort of like a reality show, except without cameras. But basically, they would do like this weird trials at the end of each rotation, mm-hmm. and they would just like fire like the top the bottom 10 percent or something like that huh. uh, so well, that's exciting you should have stayed there that's pretty evil and this is at burger king the, food, mm-hmm. the company that makes the food at burger king right right the company that has maybe not a ton of room to be selective maybe they need to be like firing the bottom 50 percent uh well the problem is that basically what they are doing is they're just keeping, you know, it's all corporate level, right? The problem is that all over is franchising. Um, so I did my homework before I went in into my interview. And when the guy asked me, do you have any questions? I asked him, well, it looks like you are actually just following the same recipes that McDonald's is making. And McDonald's right now is in trouble because it can't seem to keep their business. So how are you going to plan to deal with that? And he just gave me like the iciest stare. <laughs> Like you should have known that question wasn't going to go over well. Well, they called me back. Fair. Yeah, they they called you back because they wanted to get the pleasure of voting you off <laughs> during the <laughs> show me, portion. Putting me through the every the reality TV show needs a person who like shouldn't be there at all, <laughs> or who's despised by everyone. You could have been that person, Lucio. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, all right. So. Cool. That's how they, they choose their management. They're basically doing like um, reality shows and having MBA students fight for their own amusement, uh, which I think shows in the quality of the food. Well, you heard it hey. here, folks. Uh, Burger King Expose live on the Enemy Slime podcast. Episode. Incidentally, this, ed- this episode is sponsored by Burger King. <laughs> Come enjoy a nice... No, no, no. You know hey. who it is sponsored by? Long John Silvers. Oh, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. Sponsored by Long John Silvers. <laughs> The check was in the mail if we talk some shit about Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Long John. It's long-tastic. Now, I don't know what your, what really, your, uh, what your uh, motto is, but yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, I really should have read the copy because I'm not clear what the Long John Silver's motto is. Put your Long Johns on and head on down <laughs> to Long John Silver. Silvering your Long John since 1957. Slicing up freshness? We got so much fish, it's coming at your ass. Slicing up freshness is pretty good, actually. Like I like that because there's like the the fun p- swashbuckling pirate angle. 
Jared, I stole that from another restaurant. Oh, what restaurant's that? Uh, Probably not a restaurant with a pirate. Not Uncle Silver's. <laughs> it's Arby's. Oh, really? <laughs> they don't use that anymore. They use We Got the Meats. Yeah, we so have the meats. I think they're good. This is a slightly older one, okay, but well, still. Long John Silver's needs to take We're Slicing Up Freshness. Or fish so tasty you can't wait to sink your hook into it. Get it? Because it's a pirate. Okay. Yeah. Let's move yeah. on. It'll net you some savings. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? You'll walk the plank for this shrimp Fast special. Uh, I think we're going to talk about Digital Homicide, uh, who you may know as the miscreants uh, that have been antagonized by Mr. Jim Sterling these past few years. Uh, Digital Homicide is a company that releases terrible, terrible games onto Steam. Uh, and basically the premise of their business model is that they release these games at a price so cheap that they can basically make a profit off of the trading card aspect of Steam. Um, and so they had they had kind of a, a nice little racket going, and they made the mistake of continuing to kind of fight it out with Jim Sterling and even going so far as to sue Jim Sterling. Uh, and, and actually, things were still going pretty well for them up until that point. Uh, but then they decided to sue a bunch of Steam users, at which point Valve went ahead and uh, removed all of the company's games from Steam and has basically made it so they their core business model is gone. And I think for all intents and purposes, they are just done. Uh, yeah, they basically killed the company. I forget the guy's yeah, why did they, name. Were they serving, or what were they suing the uh, Steam users for? Uh, harassment and false. Uh, their their lawsuits are always like libel based. You guys better not have a company on the internet if you're worried about harassment. Yeah, well, and I think some of the users were like anonymous too. So, but uh, well, yeah. they had to subpoena Valve to. The whole thing is that. They got a judge to authorize a subpoena to Valve to uh, release the names, mm-hmm. which I don't know if Valve ever responded to, but uh, I mean, they did respond, just not like, you know, in the court. Right, um, right. Uh, but yeah, so basically they have announced that they're no longer able to continue the lawsuit uh, because they are no longer able to actually pay the legal fees associated with it. I don't believe they have uh, repealed their their filing against Sterling. I could be wrong about that. I haven't kept super up to date on this. So they may still be suing him for now, but I'm not sure how that'll work in the grand scheme of things. It's going to work out great. Uh, their, their, their studio head, if you will, although I think it's just a one-man company, is uh, quoted as saying that his company has been destroyed. It has been stomped into the ground from a thousand directions and use is discontinued. I am going back to the workforce, he said. So, uh, hey, and actually... Sorry, we're great. I hope he's listening to this because we just gave him some great ideas of how the hiring process at Burger King works. <laughs> and, you know, if he's gonna, money's going to be tight. So maybe if he decides to eat a long jump silvers, he'll have more money. Yeah, that's true. Save a little bit I'm... of money. And you, get you know to what? Eat some delicious golden hush puppies in the process. You know what? I, I think the, um, the Burger King program might be suited for somebody of his temperament. Well, there you go. See, he's going to fit in just fine until he tries to sue Burger King later on. Oh, yeah, that's going to look great. I mean, so, I mean, here's a question. Is this, is this smarter or dumber than threatening to kill Gabe Newell? 
Oof. Of all the ways to get your game kicked off Steam, like, what mm. do you think? I, it's certainly getting, threatening to kill him certainly worked quicker than trying to involve the company in a lawsuit. That's a good question. I guess. I mean, Murder's probably a little worse, maybe. Let's 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 set some some standards here, right? So, for whatever you want to say, the part of article activity guys seemed like they wanted to make this game, you know, because they wanted to make a cool game, right? Mm, that's true. So there's some uh, make a game. So you're basically building a defense on character. Well, what I, my point is, these people basically their their business model was they'll sell you up. Um, a bundle of their games for three bucks, right? Mm-hmm. There's 21 games with cards. If you sold those cards, you would get like a 10 cents per, per card, you would get more than three bucks. It was something like, it wasn't that big of a margin, but it was a, it was a margin, right? Mm-hmm. So they were going to cut off the sale for the games and the sale for the cards. So they're not making games to make games. They're making games to sell you cards so that you can sell them and get more money. Right? Well, that, that is the theory. So, That's my what point, most gaming companies are doing now. <laughs> so, you know, the Paranautica Activity guy wanted to make a game and, you know, whatever. They said something stupid and all whatever they want. These people could have just ridden that wave of having Sterling make fun of their games and basically advertise them for free for them. I made a lot of money. Yeah. All they had to do was be like, ah, look, Sterling made fun of our game. <laughs> I mean, they, God, he should have no, been the first person. Simulator or whatever. Every time they made a trash <laughs> game, they, he should have been the first person that they sent it to. Exactly. Uh, so that he could post it and get people, because people buy it. People people watch his the re, like, reviews of awful games, and they say, well, I want to play an awful game. And, and they'll go out and pay the $1.50 uh, that it costs. So, I mean, Suck. yeah, they did kind of kill a cash cow. Uh, there a little bit for sure for no for no reason right you know why are you suing sterling you should like fucking be asking sterling to review all of your games yeah they hurt their feelings that's that's the weird thing to me it's like that's what the law is for you you're you're running basically a, a con on the system right even though it's not really a con but you know what i mean like you're not really selling a game you're selling me the cards and why are you getting so defensive? It's just so weird to me. But so, what's the question remains, which is what's worse, a passionate person who threatens to kill you or a scumbag who tries to sue you? I guess if I was giving you all, I would want to not be killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, pres- we presume. I think that's reasonable. Well, that's true, too. Maybe he's into that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. You don't know what what's going on on Game Newell's mind, but Classic yeah, we don't want to put words in it. Though. <laughs> I will. He wants to be killed. Oh, <laughs> erotically, Douglas, or just <laughs> choked a bit, a light, a little bit of light choking, just a little bit of choking. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> now let's talk about Pokemon. <laughs> Speaking of light choking, <laughs> sure. Uh, we got a reveal today for the evolutions of the starters. Not the third evolution, but the second evolution for each of the starters. And uh, there was some hope that that stupid seal... What's his What's his name? Stupid seal. Homo seal? Poopaloop or something? Um, uh, I like Poopaloop. Pinocchio. Seal Pokemon. Now, what is his dumb name? It's uh, Poplio or Poplio. Oh, god damn it. Pinocchio. I, I typed Seal Pokemon and it just came up with Seal. 
the Pokemon S E E L. I forgot about him. And his, everybody uh, forgot about him. And his internet, uh, his evolutionary uh, chain, including Dugong. What a dumb Dugong. <laughs> water starter. Here, I'm going to type water starter Pokemon, and then I'm going to type stupid, and I'll bet he comes right up. Yep, it's Poplio. P-O-P-P-L-I-O. Sounds like some sort of like secondary like children's magician. <laughs> hey, honey, we got you the game Poplio for your birthday. And he's like, ah, I wanted a Ninja Turtle. I think he sounds like <laughs> the guy who runs the newspaper stand outside your building. Like Mr. Poplio. Don't get no. too close to Mr. Poplio. <laughs> children, Maybe in Utah. You know to stay away he's from Mr. Poplio's house. <laughs> Anyway, Poplio, uh, his, I guess her, because Poplio is quite clearly wearing a dress in the evolutionary chain. Um, but oh man, it, I thought, I thought for sure that like, because this Pokemon looked so dumb, it would evolve into like a badass killer. <clears throat> and it's very much the opposite where it just, it just looks terrible. So anyway, they really doubled down on that. My question is, I was thinking about it today, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I'm almost certainly not going to buy Pokemon Sun or Moon, uh, because there are just way too many games coming out this fall, and beyond that, I never even finished X. Like, I probably played maybe a quarter of X and just put it down and never came back to it again. Uh, you want to know how it ends? Sure. How does it end? You collect them all and become the very best, like no one ever was. Uh, Except for all the guys before and after you. See, I don't even think I would have done that. I don't think I would have gotten that far. But yeah. anyway, there's... Uh, <laughs> my question is, what could Nintendo... Not necessarily Nintendo, but what could the Pokemon company do to Pokemon to kind of put some juice, some wind back in at sales to make to make you pick it up? Like, what what do they need to do for that? Apparently jam it into a phone app. Yeah, well, that hasn't really carried over all that well because they're... But that was their own fucking fault. If they would have like done a decent job with it, it would have worked. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. If they would have kind of updated it more quickly and been more transparent about how it worked and made it more friendly, like, I might still be playing it, but um, I'm long done with that. Like, it, it, was, it did not play out the way that it should have. Uh, but so, I mean, I guess that's a fair point because that did get Michael to install it at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if he can throw Michael's frozen heart. So is that it? Is there any other? What else would be on your wish list for them to do to Pokemon to make you interested? Make it D- Digimon crossover. <laughs> Pokemon X Digimon. Okay, that's pretty solid. I really don't know, man. Digipoke. I'd still be very interested in an MMO. It'll never happen. Not in a million years. But the game seems so primed for that, to have a bunch of people build their own collections and then battle each other. Um, I mean, that just makes so much sense to me. And it's not even really that far off from the main games. Like, if you just took the main game and added a multiplayer component, it could be huge. But it'll... I even have have a better idea, Jared. Okay, lay it on me. MOBA. Pokemoba. A Pokemoba. All right, I like it. Okay, never mind. That's my pick. That's what's going to get me interested in Pokemon again. Like League of Legends with Pikachu? That's pretty badass. I'm sure someone thinks that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, sending him down lanes, 
and killing mobs. It's Kill, yeah, killing minions for 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 XP and then buying fancy stuff with your oh, money. Oh yeah, your talent trees. You got to have your sick talent trees. All or right. your teammates call you a faggot. Yep, that's wow. You really encapsulated the experience pretty easily. All right, well let's should we talk about some games? No. Yes. I mean, we kind of we kind of were talking about games and Burger King, but let's talk about. Uh, why don't we do Osiris first? Let's do Osiris first. So Osiris is a early access title that just came out uh, this last week, and I'll go ahead and let either you or Michael explain it. I don't care who one of one of you tell me about it. Hey, hey, he has more of the features than No Man's Sky. His problem is the No Man's Sky. That's that is true. It's pretty good. So, like, what? What are we? What are we? Give me the premise here. What are we gonna? What are we doing? So you walk around, you collect materials, you get over in camera, and then a sandworm meets you. <laughs> well, that's uh, pretty much so my experience. The sandworm is already a step up. Oh yeah, it's huge and it's fucking deadly, and I kind of wish it wasn't there because it killed us like twice. So we probably we probably yeah. should mention, of course, that this game takes place in space. So it takes place on a planet, but it's a space yeah. exploration. Basically, it's rust in space. That's right. we'll, we'll not mince words here, but. Um, it, the idea is you're, you're, you've landed on this alien, very hostile planet and you need to collect resources and build a space fort so that you can thrive. And, uh, we, I, I can't get it to play worth shit on a public server. So the last time we played, it was just Lucio and I on a private server. So no other, no other players, but, um, the the environment was already deadly enough that it really we didn't need other guys out there trying to kill us. But uh, pretty much well, just Michael, imagine. Well, Michael mm-hmm. did shoot me. Well, that was just oh, make yeah. sure that's you. Another another feature an, another feature the game has that no matter what says you can play with friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. So you two found each other. We found each other. Yes. Is that is that fairly easy to do? Because in Rust, it used to be a big ordeal. Now it's fairly trivial, but uh, when it first came out, it was very difficult to find your friends. So it has this this mapping system. It's not it's not very good at finding your way, but it does give you coordinates, so you can use it to navigate and find each other. So it, gotcha. it is fairly easy. You just need you know it needs some thinking, which I'm okay with. How how large is the planet though? Like, could you potentially be very very far from each other? As best as I can tell, yeah, you can be an entire planet away from each other. Yeah, it's fairly large. Um, we we explored quite a bit of it, and there was even like this gigantic desert like next to our base that we didn't fuck with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked like it went on for a while. I don't know that it's larger than a Rust map, although. As as is my understanding from when we discussed it at PAX, there should be several other planets you can get into a spaceship and go explore uh-huh. somewhere down the line. I don't I don't think that's in the build right now. So I checked in in Steam and it seems that they were talking about glitches with spaceships. So I guess oh maybe you we can. just didn't get far enough in the tech tree to well to do we it. got our asses killed pretty quickly. Yeah, we kind of sucked at surviving in space. <laughs> so probably the best way to describe the game is kind of in how it compares to rust, I mm-hmm. guess, because it's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward in terms of, you'll know the drill. You've got to go collect resources. You got to mine, build things, use those things to build other things. Um, 
you get dropped into the world and you have they'll set you up with some stuff you'll have a an inflatable dome you can use for protection and a robot drone who you can use for like your escort uh but after that it's pretty much up to you to go find materials like you fuck the robot or what no for protection yeah, he follows you and he shoots things. Oh, to yeah, a, to escort. Sometimes you. he shoots. Oh, you've got sometimes else he shoots things here. you don't want to fuck with. But yeah, that um, especially that has robot seemed to want to just shoot everything that it saw. <laughs> so the <laughs> robot <laughs> wants to fuck you. Who <laughs> the well, that's, robot that's, wants to shoot you full of silicate? <laughs> Some things are deadlier than others, right? Yeah, uh, the robot didn't seem to care. Okay, I see. So the robot is not phased by what it will aggro. He, yeah, right. he antagonized a gigantic gargantuan space monster. Which thankfully fell to the floor. Which is yeah. another different thing entirely. Fell through the floor. Yeah, It has the same problem that Rust does where the the NPC creatures seem to occasionally just launch up the sides of mountains or drop through the floor or just mm. disappear. I, I don't know, is that... Do you think that's something that's just difficult to program for? I, I don't know how procedurally generated uh, Osiris's world is, but I imagine something like Rust, where the map is generated, probably does make that difficult. Uh, it, it must be difficult, because it's been years, and Rust still has those problems. Rust even has completely changed engines, and those problems still exist. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I imagine it, it must be hard. The big problem, though, that I noticed is so the, when we died, we we were like, "Oh, we can find our bodies to get our shit." Um, yeah, but then at one point, oh, okay. Michael died in front of me, and his corpse glitched to the floor. So I'm wondering if that's where, like, all of like, are you supposed to be able to find your shit, or does it just fall to the floor and we just can't get it because of a glitch? So it, yeah. sound, it sounds like it's pretty early access. From what it is. Finished. I mean, it really is early access as of last week. So I wouldn't make any sweeping judgments. It definitely needs some work. Um, maybe one of the biggest problems is, unlike Rust, where you basically need to mine three different things. You get wood, you get sulfur, you get metal. This game, you mine all sorts of minerals. You'll need some iron, some copper, some aluminum, some magnesium. And sometimes those aren't readily available, and you got to go a long long ways to get them so and that wouldn't necessarily be bad i mean having materials that are not readily available is a challenge but it's i think like i was on the third item that the the mission system told me to build and i'm already not finding these materials anywhere nearby so so would you have uh maybe a would you consider a solution to that being something like a conversion system where it's like, give me three of one mineral and I'll give you one of the one you want or something like uh, that. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say how it'll work out. We played for a couple hours and then we were killed by sandworms and decided to wait till the next patch before we played it again. But okay, it's, it's good. I like it. I think it'll be more fun as it develops. How, how does their patch situation look like? Have you followed the developers uh, updates at all or, does it does it look like something that's going to be pretty actively worked? Because one of the nice things about Rust is that they're very transparent and they're on a very set schedule. So, I mean, I can guarantee, like, I haven't played the game in four months. 
I can guarantee it's totally different than it was the last yeah. time I played it. They so it looks be... like they are on a weekly schedule, right? Like there was one that was supposed to drop this week. Mm-hmm. Um, about according to their thing, I don't know if they came through with it. I haven't really checked, but I remember that we were checking on on Sunday, and it looked like they had a plan to um <clears throat> to release a new. Oh, there it is. They released it today, actually. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Then you guys have to play again. Okay. So we'll see. Oh. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's just it's very early, and especially after coming from Rust, which in this in this category is probably the the best put together and the most refined. It's it's a pretty jarring transition. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from Roman Sky, so this is game of the year. <laughs> right, right. Lucio adores it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, so I guess. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, Michael, you've you've got the experience with Rust. Do you do you see this as something that's going to stick around, or do you think it's something that you're just going to kind of forget about? I don't know. I think I need more time with it to really get a feel for what it does well. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, I like I said, it has missions at the beginning, which are basically just tutorials, which tell you to. You know, build your build your inflatable hut, build a replicator, build this and that. I I know I can just ignore them, but for me, part of the, what was fun about Rust was you're dropped in there and you really don't have any idea what to do. And part part of the fun of that game is figuring out what to do, trying to do stuff, seeing what works. Um, once, like when we were playing Rust, once you figured out the optimal tower build, the game kind of lost a lot of its charm because it was less about groping in the dark and experimentation and trial and error. And then it became more of just a here's what you need to do to win type scenario. Here, it's really hard to say. Like like I said, we're, we're not in a uh, world occupied by other players, but I mean, we still got our asses killed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just it'll just depend on one getting getting the game to the point where I can play on a public server with other people without problems. Yeah. So actually, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So what kinds of issues are you having when you try to play with with people? Because I mean, that's obviously how the game was intended to be right. played. I, I believe. To play succinctly is choppy as fuck. Yeah. So Bingo. I've I've only really heard Michael talk about the issues. Are you experiencing the same problems that he is? Like, do you guys find the game to be the same level of unplayable? Uh, yeah. So basically, like the when you are, when I'm in um in a private game or when I'm in a one player single player campaign, it's it runs very well. It, it, there's like maybe the occasional like frame drop, but it's not a big deal. But Mm-hmm. When I when you go into a public game, the frame rate drops into like I would say single digits. Do we think this is a issue like has, the level? It has of, to be connection. It is, but but so you don't think it's like the the number of uh you know rendering players to keep track of or so like I don't yeah I don't, remember, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't know if we talked about this with Rust, but Rust had a patch update that I thought was really interesting a little while ago. Where they they mentioned that uh, they found a, a gigantic problem with their performance was uh, resting in the way by which they rendered other players, and what they meant by that is that even if you couldn't see another player on your screen, like even if they weren't visible to you, the game was still rendering them, 
And so mm-hmm. a really quick change they made that dramatically improved performance, like upped the game by like 30 frames per second for some people. Oh, so, so here we will have found the... Um, is they hid people... Uh, when, building capacity. We hope to implement a system soon to ease uh, the cap problem without losing massive frame rates for everybody in the server. Okay. So, it's, so it it's, could be the buildings too, yeah. So, it's, so it's there's too many people building too many things, yeah. Rendering all the structures, yeah. That was another thing is I, I hopped on to like the first four or five public servers. And like I said, the first thing that happens when you start the game is it tells you to build a inflatable dome. No, the first thing that happens is you start dying because your suit is breached. Ah, right, right. You have to fix your suit. So the, then... the first thing I did was die. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out the controls. Mm-hmm. So I started in your series bruise, and you have to try to like fix it. Um, and I just couldn't figure out the controls fast enough to do it, so I died immediately. Yeah, you'll recall, Jared, that the when we played it, the dev told me how to like put the duct tape over my patch or my broken. Yeah, yeah, plate. I think I think I recall that. It doesn't really tell you how to do that in without without the guy there, so it's a little less uh, so you intuitive. Have, you would have liked to have the developer in your house with you. Uh, I mean, could have called me on the phone too, or just you know told me to use the tape to to save my life. But well, yeah, you're here. To um, but you were saying and the other structures. Is, yeah. So the first thing it does is tell you to build an inflatable dome. I go to do that, and it says this planet has too many buildings. So right at right out the Right out of the gate, it's saying that they can't allow you to build any more things in this game about building things and surviving. Gotcha. So, gotcha. And again, this is all early access stuff. I'm sure it will get figured out in time. Um, so I it's, think it's, it's a rough start. I think it's two things for longevity. The first one is they need to figure out how to make a run without fucking feeling like you're like basically playing a flip book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second one is they need to get, get a community behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the game has potential. Uh, I really liked what I played. But yeah, it is rough. Yeah. It is very rough around the edges. Right, right. It's getting pretty good reviews uh, and, and seems to have a lot. There's there's over almost 1,500 uh, reviews on Steam. So, I mean, a lot of people have picked up the game. Um, obviously, like I said, it, it's kind of scratching an itch. Uh, that maybe No Man's Sky left for a lot of people, so it, mm-hmm. it's, it's doing well in that regard. Um, how do you guys find the building mechanics? I found them to be kind of cumbersome when we were demoing it, but has it is it grown on you or is it? Doesn't really any more cumbersome than other games. So the I don't. Genre I, played. I didn't. He didn't really explain why he told us to do this way, but like he he wanted to make sure that before we finished building, we were outside to like put the door on or something, because you could only open oh. the door. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do vaguely remember remember that. Um, luckily, I just put the airlock on while I was outside. Uh, what happens when I, you put it on inside, though? I, well, you know, I wonder because the game crashes for everybody. I uh, I put together a habitat that I was intending for Lucio and I to use, and if you don't own something in this game, it'll tell you like you don't own this. It won't let you open the door. Uh-huh. So Lucio ran up, and I was looking for a button to you know, add him to my group, say like Lucio can come in and I couldn't find it and I couldn't find it. And eventually I went to the forums and I found a, an indicator saying that you had to create a colony and I found where you could do that. And basically it's like forming a, a guild or a group. Uh, but then I found another note saying that anything you built before forming your colony will belong <laughs> to you forever and can never be used. 
Okay. So the funny thing is that we ended up with um, a habitat that the walls belong to Michael, but the door belonged to the colony, so I could go in. Yes, he could get through the doors <laughs> into my but colony. The walls were Michael's. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, so it's going to be a nasty divorce at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. No, what? Oh, just stuff that I'm sure they can fix um, in time. So right. the next time that we, we play, we're probably going to meet up first, create a colony, and then start building. Yeah, that, that sounds smarter. That seems wise. <laughs> but if you don't know that, then you can really fuck yourself. Pretty yeah. hard. <laughs> so um, any any other thoughts on that before we move on to, to Masquerada then? No. No, I think we'll, we'll follow up again in a couple of weeks and maybe uh, kind of discuss our findings again. But... It's off to a good start, just it needs a lot of work. Okay. What yep. you'd expect. Well, then let's move on to our second big release of last week, and uh, that is Masquerada, which I believe we have discussed on the podcast before. Uh, we, yeah. we even did a uh, re- or an interview, I think, with Witching Hour Studios, the, the company Remember? behind it, a little while ago. Um, sure. How, how are you? I think... Uh, a couple of you guys have it. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to play it other than Lucio, though. Spent a little bit of time with it, but no, not much. How are you enjoying it, Lucio? Oh, uh, I really like it. It's not what I expected, but I really like it. It's not what you expected. How is it How is it different than... Well, first of all, I guess tell me what it is, and then tell me why it's not what you thought it would be. So let me... The best thing I can put it is they basically made an RPG, mm-hmm. a JRPG. Oh, okay. Um, it's very linear. Um, there's not a lot of room to explore or to veer off. Um, the characters are all pretty fine. You don't choose shit of what they say. Um, oh, okay, so no, no, no choices or dialogue trees or anything like that. No, 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 no. They have a very sad story to tell, and they want to tell it their way. Um, and they get away with it because the writing is just fantastic. Um, it is a very well-written game, mm-hmm. and it definitely takes advantage of the setting because you know it's based on like uh, Renaissance Venice, right? And if you know something of Renaissance Italy, is that it was all about intrigue and politics and all the stuff, and it definitely plays out that way. Um, but it goes beyond that. The characters are very well written, um, and they have their own narratives that are kind of interwoven in the story. But the way it's done, it's not like you know, like in Bioware, you will get like. You will go up to Michael and Michael will say, I remember the time that my brother was killed or whatever. And then you get a quest marker to go to Montana and talk to like the you know, uh, Michael's brother or widow or something, right? I got a letter from my brother. He's not yeah. dead. Lucio, Sorry. can we go to Montana and check it out? Oh, to exactly. S- to Silent Hill. I know this one. <laughs> right. And then Lucio so, says, like, uh, we'll see if we're in the area. Silent Hill, right. Montana. Okay. So I'm still going to work on your thing, but maybe if we get down there, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is more like interwoven in the story. So like all of the threads kind of like weave in and out of each other. Um, the character stories are related to the main plot somehow. And um, it, the characters are very well defined. Like there's one scene where like a character basically just fucks up the entire plan because that's just the kind of character they are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they also deal with like some really interesting shit. Like there's a gay character in the game. And the his story is basically they found out I'm gay. I'm going to lose everything because we live in, you know, medieval Italy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being, oh, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, everybody should accept me and whatever. So, you know, it's handled very Which well. Which one of you is going to be my boyfriend? Right, exactly, you know. Um, so it's, it's handled very well. And the main character also kind of like, you know, has flaws and reacts to shit like, you know, a normal character, he, he says stupid stuff, he makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at its core, the game is a mystery. It's, um, you're trying to figure something out. And, and doing so, you start unraveling layers of what makes the city the city. And, you know, as a, as a very good uh, RPG story, it ends up being much bigger than it originally started. Um, the combat system is basically a Baldur's Gate-based combat system in the sense that you can pass the game and you can issue orders, mm-hmm. but there isn't really... Is there a reason I... to? Because like Yes, there is a very good reason to because the, the combat can fuck you up. And you will see when I send you my, my recordings for the review, Jared. Uh-huh. Footage of me dying. Uh, <laughs> by not Passing it often enough. Gotcha. I was okay. gonna say maybe maybe this isn't quite the right time to get into it, but from what little I've played, the game goes very fast. Yes, like it it, it doesn't. It expects you to pause it, and if you're not pausing every few like frames, then you yeah, that must be what I'm doing wrong. At the at the moment, it's just very daunting to play that game because I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is it doesn't really have a, a normal um so it doesn't have levels, right? It has skills and it has skill trees. So you you walk your people up the skill tree, choosing, you know, occasionally divergence on different skills that you can use, and that kind of works out how the characters work. Um there's there are different masks that they can put in. Um, and I'm going to get into the masks a little bit later. Um, and then there's different decorations that they can use on the masks to give them different stuff. But it doesn't really have, like, you're not going to spend 10 minutes looting the corpses of your enemies and trying to decide if I should take this sword or not, or if I should just sell it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all very... Um, n- very kind of self-contained within the characters. There's no, um, no, like you're never going to upgrade your sword. You're never going to change your armor. Um, you're going to change your mask and maybe the, the ink and maybe just you can respect your characters as many times as you want. So you can change your um, um, your skills if you really wanted to. But in general, you're not going to to be changing them too much. That's interesting. Do you find that to be a relief? It is, actually. I mean, I, I like that kind of thing, but in some games, just go way too far with it. And, and it's so popular right now that I feel like every game I play, I have to figure out a skill tree and do crafting and get the best perks to the armor. And It's very, right. very tiresome after a while. And in most of them, they're really like 
balance for that. So if you really do that, then you end up with a guy that's so powerful that they can just destroy the game. That's another thing. This game is so tightly controlled that you're never going to to be overpowered, underpowered. Um, it will be challenging though. It doesn't fuck around. Like you can very easily kill yourself if you don't pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So the way the story works is you are Cicero Gabar. You are um, a former ispettore. It's um, basically a detective on, I guess you could say the uh, the ruling uh, classes um, government, right? The um, the way this city works is there are these masks, these mascarines, they're called. Um, they grant people power. Uh, and they basically cause a scheme in society, right? Uh, they are either people who own them, the masquerada, and they are basically the ruling class. And then there's the other people, um, the contadante, I think they, they're called, who don't have access to the masks and basically they live in poverty and they do all the minion works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, um, the, there is an undercurrent of kind of a... Class, I guess a little bit of... warfare. Right, exactly. A little bit of what um, um, Deus Ex was trying to do, but I think they do it better just because they kind of show the conflict in a way where, you know, the people that have the power are the ones that are doing the oppressing. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have the guy that's with the masks. Um, you know, the powerful being, wizard isn't begging for coins on the street, being like, exactly. "I, have, I uh, have nothing to help my family with." So, your brother at the end, at the beginning of the game, the tutorial is actually your brother's death. Uh, so, your brother started a rebellion by stealing mascarines from the ruling class to give to uh, these rebels. They they're called the mask runners. Um, and the mask runners just basically, you know, try to um, to do a coup, but the coup fails, and your brother dies in the introductory, like um, in the tutorial, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're called back to solve a mystery, um, and in solving that mystery, obviously, you are starting to deal with shit. That's, I mean, I'm trying not to spoil it because I think it's a really good story. But you end up basically getting involved into shit that's bigger than you, right? That's usually how these things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really good. I, I really liked it. Um, I can see simultaneously, though, why you say you're surprised by it, because it it paints itself, or, or, or at least visually, it looks so much like a CRPG. Right. I had mm-hmm. kind of just naturally assumed that we were in like kind of a kind of a Baldur's Gate sort of situation. Right, exactly. And, and I think even when we talked to them, they had they had made comparisons to like Dragon Age, but mm-hmm. the and the combat is similar for sure. But the the thing that I remember about Dragon Age is is the decisions and making choices and uh, electing whether or not to go help that nice young man in the DLC to go rescue his castle. Right. So if you were looking for that, then this is not the game for you. Right. Okay. And it seems like on the other hand. If I look at the game's negative reviews on Steam, it seems like it's mostly from people who that is what they were looking for. And I wouldn't blame them for being dissatisfied if that's what you're looking for. On the other hand, I do think there's a great game here. Uh, it's very well balanced for the combat system. Um, the setting, the voice acting, the setting is is, is thick. There's history and it's, it's very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the politics of the city are important and they kind of come into play a lot of times. So there's these different guilds in the city. And each guild has like different, you know, spheres of influence. And, you know, even though you are working for the main government, there are still places you really can't go and things you really can't do and lines you can't cross that, you you know, the character kind of has to navigate. Um, and it works really well. Um, but, um, you know, if you're looking for, if you're looking for a Pillars of Eternity or a Wasteland 2 or something like that, you know, those isometric old school CRPGs where, you know, you basically define everything that your character does, then this is not the game for you. This game has a story to tell. It, it wants to be something very specific. His characters, the character is well designed. The, the, the main character is very well defined. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to... To suddenly start murdering people for no reason, like you would in you know in one of those games where you define who the main character is. So if you're looking for a Baldur's Gate, this is not for you. But if you're looking for a good RPG with a good story, then uh, this is the game that you that that's you want. That's interesting. I'm wondering uh, how how their sales are, are going. I mean, it, it they don't have a lot of reviews on Steam. But it seems like that's largely because uh, this was a Kickstarter game, and so a lot of people have already received keys, uh, you know, as just backers of the game. So there, there's like 37 reviews of the game, but only 13 of them are people who bought it on Steam. Everybody else are people who who received keys for it. Well, they did basically no no press. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy actually. I I saw a post on uh, Masquerada on Reddit uh, a few weeks ago. And people were talking about it and like, oh, this looks so cool and I'm very excited for it. And uh, then it came out and I, I I saw nothing. Like I didn't see a post. I didn't see a mention of it anywhere. Uh, it was just absolutely nothing. And whoever their, their like PR firm is, I need to fire them. Like I mean, hard. Apparently we, we really had to pull some teeth to get a code for it. And yep. by, by the time we, we got went, it so late that. Yeah, by the by the time we did get the code, I think the game was coming out what like the next day, and I mean it's got to be like yep. a, it's got to be like a twenty hour game, right? Right. So I have thirteen hours, and I'm not finished yet, right? So. So I mean, it's uh, it's tough for us to actually do anything with that span of time, unless you just played it for an entire day straight. Um, not even man, because then I have to write the review, and I, you know you have to edit the video, and oh yeah, we move do out of the house. Right. Yeah, that's it's going to be tough. Michael, what are your thoughts on Masquerade? Anything that Lucio hasn't covered yet? Um, I haven't had very much time with it, so I can't make any really I don't have really any insight that Lucio doesn't. Uh, it looks really great. Like I really I really like the style um or more so just the art. It's bright mm-hmm. and colorful, but it looks really cool, well designed and it it does capture that um that Viennese aesthetic really well. So they're using an art style that usually is used in French comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that helps it a lot, just how it looks. This looks one of these games that when you can install it like in, in 10 years and it's still going to look good just because yeah. of the art direction. Yeah. The only thing I might comment is something that Jared pointed out, and I don't think I would have noticed otherwise. They've added some CG cinemas the beginning and those look kind of goofy you mean the um, like the comic panels thing no no like at the very beginning where they're dueling in the little library and um yeah they're kind of it has yeah. like a pixar look in the sense that all the people look stupid and just deformed 
Well, they always did. But yeah, I get what you mean. I don't know. Just it, it seems to exasp. It makes it look cartoony in a way that I don't think they're going for. But has the uh, has the voice acting lived up to the pedigree of some of the stars that they have uh, tapped for it? It is very good. Yes. From what I played, yeah, it's really nicely done. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like I don't think there's been like uh, like a Dante uh, moment. A Dante moment? Yeah, you know. I don't know if I do. Know, so, no. I was supposed to be the one that uh, something like cured the darkness inside you or something. Do you, are you referring to like, to like DMC Dante or? Demo my Cry, like the, the like, I think it's three or four. I don't Never know. mind. I, I guess I, you haven't played it. I, this is a joke that's lost in us, I'm afraid. I played the first three Devil May Cry's. So it has to be four then. I mean, it's bad. Like, they're all they're all badly voice acted. And Dante is one of those characters who's very strange because every game they switch out his actor, I think. Um, the only uh, I wouldn't tell because they're awful. Well, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you can't really tell or, or, or be bothered to notice anyway. But, yeah, I think the only Devil May Cry's where Dante has the same voice actor are three and four. And then, uh, obviously, that was so bad, they decided they had to turn him into a teenage boy. So, I don't fucking know. Sexy teenage uh, boy. Yeah, he, but, is, um, he is quite There sexy. hasn't been any cringe-worthy moments where, you know, I started laughing or anything like that. There hasn't been a character like, um, there hasn't been a Sarah... No, or something like that. No one has no one has bombs made of bees. They might have, but they're not as annoying as their eyes. Oh, you okay. know, uh, one thing when we've uh, we've met the developer a couple of times is it Ian. Yeah, yeah, yep. Ian, really nice guy. Uh, their their team is out in Singapore. Uh, when we met met him at PAX last time, he mentioned that they were working hard to add a or make diversity part of the game. And to me, that sounds like a gigantic red flag for a big, weepy, virtue-signaling bad game. Um, and I haven't, I haven't met the, the gay character, but it sounds like Lucio is pretty impressed with how he's represented. Um, Ian relayed an interesting story that they got a call from the Singaporean authorities because being gay is illegal in Singapore, so... Maybe that's, uh, that's shorting the game because... You think you it think that be. maybe that's like how how it is like the, the inspiration, right? Yeah, right. Mm. because basically there's so let's talk about Bioware, right? There's a gay character and the gay character is like, oh yeah, look at me, I'm so gay. Do you want to be gay with me? Right. Oh, my parents didn't approve of my gayness, but who cares in this open society, in this super open medieval society, about who's gay? You go yes. whatever, you know, it's it's a fantasy game, you know. I can whatever, who cares? Um, but in this one, you don't fi- you find out that the character is gay because his journal is stolen, and um, and I, I don't know. If, I guess this is spoilers, but basically he he the this guy is in in mourning because his um, his partner was killed mm-hmm. in battle. Okay, and he's kind of like lashing out through through the game, and then you you finally like find out that his journalist stolen. He's, he's freaking the fuck out. And, you know, the, the main character, Cicero, is going like, you know, what, what the fuck is going on? You know, you need to tell me. This might affect the investigation, blah, blah, blah. 
So the guy like walks into his room like completely like just broken, and he shows you like you know like, the armor and all the stuff that his his partner had, and then he goes like you know the character Caesar doesn't know what to do. He's like completely blindsided by this. He mm. says something like, well, you should, know, should he, he we just, have he, sex? Will that make you feel better? No, he just goes <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, and. And you know the guy just leaves like all sad. Um, Boo! Shepherd uh, Shepherd would have patted him on the shoulder and been like, "It's okay, you be right, who, exactly, be who you I, are. You're a wonderful." But I like that because now he take, my like, now take my penis. Like take my penis. He's kind of reacting like somebody from the society would, right? Mm-hmm. Right. A um, guy who's brought up to believe that that's wrong, reacting to the shocking revelation that a friend is. Right, yeah. somebody he he's been like fighting with, and you know, mm-hmm. this is not, this isn't like Sarah when you meet her and she's like, "I'm Sarah, I'm a fucking moron, and I also I'm a lesbian. I have and a bomb like, made of bees, and I'm gay for you." Exactly. <laughs> this is more like if Doug told us he was gay. Right, like if you found, suddenly found out that Doug was gay, and you found out because. He tells you to go to like the funeral of his uh, of his lover, right? You right. guys better show up when my lover dies. <laughs> well respected <laughs> army colonel. I'll show up when your male lover dies, but that's it. So okay, <laughs> that's fine. So you're not getting uh, two funerals out of us. <laughs> the the guy basically no two servings of funeral potatoes. He's a fairly high ranking. A member of his guild, so he has his own house, and it's a huge house. And since obviously they weren't having kids, they started an orphanage. Okay. Um, so you know they are raising kids and all that shit. Uh, and his main worry about him being found out is not, you know, oh my god, what will people think? It's more like I'm going to lose my fucking house. Um, you know, I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to be thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. That's that's interesting. That's a compelling. So you know, way to... right? Exactly. There's, it's compelling. It's a compelling narrative, and there's real consequences for you know for what this guy is is doing. Right? There's real reasons why he would keep it secret. Um, it doesn't feel like a cop out like you would in other games. Like it will be like, right. oh, it doesn't, look, it doesn't feel like he's. Uh, doesn't feel like he's just there because he had to be there. Exactly. I'm gay, so your harem can have anything you want. And I'm not so. saying I'm not saying that in order to include a gay character in your game, there has to be like a story built around how gay they are. But like it's it's nice <laughs> to see it, it's nice to see something like that uh, in in a video game. Uh, that's that's a much more heady take on the subject than I think most games are willing to try. A character yeah, was... who's also a gay person, rather than a gay character who's also a person. Right. Exactly. That's right. a great way to put it. You know, it's a character that happens to be gay and not a gay character. Right. Yeah, good on them. Like I said, I was not. It gave me a pause when he said that because just it doesn't sound like the making of good storytelling. But uh, sounds like they're doing mm-hmm. fine with it. Those characters of all colors and shit, but the main division in in the universe is the mask. You know, you either have a mask or you don't. Right, mm. right. Um, so it makes sense, you know. So why would this this highly 
uh, classic society really care about race when it's not really what ma- you know defines the majority or the minority. So, mm-hmm. uh, so ultimately, would you recommend Masquerada? Yes, just don't if you're expecting a Baldur's Gate game. Here's a question. I know these are apples and oranges, but if I have twenty four ninety nine, and mm-hmm. that is the cost of Osiris or a Masquerada, do you have a suggestion on which direction I should go when I spend my money? Shut sure, man. It's like I don't know. Uh, Masquerada is finished. Yeah, that's true. I, I would get I would get Masquerada for now. Save your money again and get get Osiris at some point, but it it can wait for a little bit. I'm gonna wait for Osiris to be put into a box and cost sixty dollars. Then I'll buy. There, it. there you go. But only if he has Modern Warfare. <laughs> no, then it costs eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Good deal. Anything else that you want to say about the game before we take off? So what I would say is approach it like a JRPG. Mm-hmm. That's, and... that's good. That's a good expectation to set because that's not the expectation I had at all. And I could definitely right. see being mm-hmm. disappointed when you're not like making decisions and things like that. I'm 100% yes. down with a, a linear story-driven narrative RPG. Like that's, I'm fine with that. Uh, but, but you're right that the, the game doesn't really present itself that way from a visual perspective. Uh, so if you approach it like a JRPG, and um, you know you're going to be pleased because it's a really well done story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with what they did. All right, cool, very good. All right, well, if you uh, if you enjoyed our podcast today, I would encourage you to go subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, whatever service you prefer to use. Uh, you can also send us an email, contact at Enemy Slime. And if you're not already, for God's sake, why are you not following us on Facebook and Twitter? We are at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And holy shit. Long John Silver follows we, us on Twitter. Yeah, Long John Silver follows us on Twitter. It's legit. Are you better than the, the captain? We have, of course, a YouTube channel as well. You should go check that out. We just posted a uh, video review today for the recently released Origami. And we will have many more uh, video reviews coming in the near future, so be sure to check that out. And uh, I think that's probably everything. So with that, I do believe we are out. Long John Silver's three for the money. Shrimp, fish, and chicken. Three for the money in one special dinner. Big shrimp, crispy fish, tender chicken, plus hush puppies, fries, and fresh coleslaw. Shrimp, fish, and chicken. Three for the money at one special price. Long John Silver's three for the money. Shrimp, fish, and chicken special.